Yes, it's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. Howdy, folks. I'm Sleazy B. Martini, entrepreneur extraordinaire. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. This is Curtis Armstrong, and you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time. The dangling thumb. And you're listening to Quality Time Broadcast. And they paid me Just answer me I'm just, directly. I'm just fucking with you. I'm Thank sorry. you. Okay. I, I appreciate it. It's okay. One day you'll produce something and you'll care. Um, so, <laughs> one day Jeremy will care about a project he's working on. And I'll, well, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Jeff on soon. So. Thank you. That's what I. That's what I'm looking forward to. Welcome back to Quality Time. We're here once again. Uh, beautiful Sunday morning. We made it through another week. Jeremy is uh, while he's recovered from the stroke, his computer has not. That's my blood, my brother. Hello, how are you, sir? Hey, it's great. It's uh, I, I feel like I'm a, a normal person with a job and. And uh, I made it a whole week, and boy, I felt like I was 80. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's good, man. I, I'm glad you're back to work. You're doing things. Have, have people noticed any difference in your work performance? Or are they like, this is the best he's looked in ages? Uh, the, the head honcho of the, the company, her name is Debbie, and walked up to me. And it took me one minute before I kind of talked, kind of stammered, and she's like, He's almost here. He's almost there. <laughs> he definitely still had a stroke, but uh, you know, at least he's as crazy as he was. You I, know, he's definitely insane. I, I was, yeah, that didn't change. It's just the, your your ability. Do you, I found that uh, Jeremy? You actually sound less crazy because you just can't communicate what's in your brain, which has made you actually much more sane. Oh, I also honest. have a I have a, a coworker who's twenty one years old. And he's very black. Ooh, so and, is he a savage? <laughs> um, uh, that's that's savage. racist, and I think no, he's a rap. He's a rapper, <laughs> the Twenty One Savage. He did a whole uh, album with Drake. I would cut that. <laughs> I'm le- it's staying in. Uh, <laughs> he's, a, he's a kid, and and uh, I I I slipped him the uh, the crazy just a little bit at a time through the week till finally. I can really make him almost pee his pants because he when I'm I'm pretty funny I think. Okay, Jeremy. I I mean if it's if it's this I could see him pissing his pants, but it'll be like oh god, please take these handcuffs off me. We're also joined oh, oh, by the oh, very- oh he he gave me he gave me all these like all uh, questions like if you made if you if you found like two billion dollars and you didn't know what to do with it and I'll be like well <laughs> with that amount of money you can change your sex. <laughs> He thought that was pretty funny. Hell yeah. You know what I would do with $2 billion, Jeremy? <laughs> Two chicks at the same time. <laughs> uh, that sultry voice you hear is none other than our other host, Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, 
How are you? I'm good, Daddy. Very nice. Now, uh, let's get things kicked off into high gear. Uh, Heil gear. And, <laughs> Ashley, you had a show the other night uh, with a special audience member, yeah? Well, yeah. So I uh, had a show Friday night in New Cumberland, PA. And it's this dive bar that I've been to before. I like the venue. I have a good time every time I'm up there. Um really rowdy crowd friday night like it was very sparse not as full as i'd like it to be but they were super drunk super crazy and at one point one of the drunks in the audience sort of like looks like he's trying to raise his hand but it looks like like this it looks like the hitler salute and my butthole gets real tight because he's kind of a skinhead oh so our german fan base showed up to your show very nice (laughs) (laughs) no eric i got the vibe he'd been in america for a very long time uh he had several flags from his truck (laughs) (laughs) so so anyways um he is that the is that the Democrat flag? No, he had what he had, so let me guess. He had the ultimate losers flag. So he had a uh, he had a Cleveland Browns, a Nazi, and and the and the the stars and bars. I got it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, but so I can't not like address it, and I'm like, oh, that was, oh, that was this is a weird time to be uh, signaling your folks, and he like drunkenly admits he goes i prefer rehabilitated racist oh so he's like he's saying he's like edward norton at like from american history x is like yeah i was racist but i'm working on getting this tattoo of the uh of the swastika flipped the other way so it means peace yeah, it's American gotcha. history XXY because he's got too many chromosomes. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Buddhist now. <laughs> so, so like, I, the fact that this dude is admitting at this comedy show, he's like, yeah, I used to be. And then the crowd, who knows him because he's a local, mm-hmm. starts chanting, KK Kyle, KK Kyle, because <laughs> so apparently his name is Kyle. <laughs> And I can't shut what's happening down. So you got Heil Hitler and then a KK Kyle chant going. I mean, Ashley, is this the best show you've ever been to? (laughs) What can I say? I was the Ava Braun of comedy on Friday night. Um, but, But so it doesn't end there, though. Because there is a black comedian on our lineup and I could see the fear in our eyes together of like, this is bad. So then he goes up and he addresses it and he goes, so wait, you're rehabilitated. He goes, let me, let me guess. You had some black pussy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, <laughs> and this guy, Kyle goes, wasn't black, but it was definitely ethnic that turned me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we're all wondering like, what ethnicity was this girl? And then he goes, Italian. <laughs> and I was like, you, sir, this is not a good track record. This is not the fact that you think Italian is. <laughs> I'm like, what is her last name? Mussolini? Like, this is bad. Yeah, yeah. She, he goes, all right, fellas, listen, I gotta, I gotta come clean with you. 
I fucked one of the other Axis powers, and I apologize for that. I apologize, but damn it, it was so good. She gave me some penne and some pussy. Uh, I, fuck, I fucked her in the turd Reich. Yes. Jeremy. Yes, Jeremy. Let's let's take it back to the Moors. Woohoo! Oh my god. So Man, it was Ashley, first of all, the idea though, think about this. Look, the just this is the power of vagina. Do you see that it turned a man's hatred in his heart uh full one sixty yeah. so that he would fuck other white people that he also thought were I mean, the next step he you know, he might he might go to a Bob Mitzvah at this point, which leads me <laughs> my brain to go this way. What if um like we made like a movie when we started GoFundMe. We reached out mm. to a uh, local porn star, Mia Khalifa, DC uh, local, uh, mm. also known um, uh, Middle Eastern heritage. And we make a movie called Time Pussy, where she goes back and fucks racism out of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you say that good pussy can turn a man. I'm living example of having good pussy because I've left many a man believing that he was in love with me. So. <laughs> this is good. Well, that's yeah. great. I mean, I, I'm glad you both made it out safely and, and secure. Yeah. Uh, shout outs to uh, it was it Sean who was on your show. The uh, yes, yeah, Sean Leverett. Like Sean Leverett. <laughs> yeah. I can. I want to hear his take on it someday of this because I'd love to hear. He's like, motherfucker. I didn't know what the hell was going on here. <laughs> But yeah, he, it was it was uh, it was a wild night for sure. But then I had shows last night in uh, Newark, Delaware. I had two back to back shows. Fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, both shows were sold out. The crowd was so fucking hot. I was at my most feral Ada Werther's original out of an old man's pocket while on stage. The crowd went wild. Oh, that's awesome. Very well, very well received. A lot of sucking on the mic, as I want to do. Also, Eric always thinks I'm not coming home with a souvenir. Of course I am. I stole toilet paper from the venue. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, uh, it was funny. You texted me. She was like, yeah, my sh show's in Newark. And I was like, oh, my God, are you going to die? And she's like, Delaware. I was like, Thank God, because I thought you were going to Newark, New Jersey, and oh, that's a Newark, place. That's a place where nothing but uh, like you just get stabbed as your passport into there. Like you get on, yeah. like up oh, here you go. You got your. We get you, we stab you on the way out too. <laughs> yeah, I hate. I hate. Newark, New Jersey. That and Hoboken. They're two of my least favorite places. Very different, uh, for sure. But uh, for sure. yeah, it's funny. A place like Hoboken, you'd expect it there to be lots of hobos. Not so many, though. Not so many hobos. Just you know uh, what the slow. You know what the slogan is. What's that? Once you go to Hoboken, she be poking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Well, that's awesome. I'm glad you had some fucking great shows. That rules, you. and uh, you know, you're just you're just a lady always on the road. Aren't you going to on like a 17 hour drive to uh, Indiana this week? Or um, so I leave this Wednesday. I have to drive 17 hours to Nebraska. Well, Nebraska. Now, what is what is this comedy show in Nebraska going to be? I'm very, I don't know. I'm excited. What's the venue? Do you know anything? If you go, I, how many racists will be at this one? <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Granary. 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 Um, and it's like close to it's Ralston, so it's close to like Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, but it's a big venue. 
I mean, I'm getting paid. I don't really give a shit. I mean, I hope it goes well, obviously. Um, but I'm just excited for all the lot lizards I'm gonna see on the way there. How many? Um, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that uh, Kevin Bacon has been there before. <laughs> I would. I would hope so. How many? Um, this is. I may, and maybe we can. Me and Jeremy could bet on this. So when we reconvene next week, I'd be mm-hmm. interested in this. How many um, sheets will you shit in between here and there? Um, this Ooh, is. That's, oh, that's a good. Oh, that's a good question. So I, I'm gonna say my own bet. I'm gonna say maybe max two because wow. i have a strategy can i take the over on this <laughs> i would fuck like you. i immediately like to take the over <laughs> fuck you for thinking i'm so classy that i'm not gonna shit on a highway somewhere you're ridiculous <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, but if you said if you send me a picture i'm like just to ruin my bet and you're shitting in front of the sheet sign like I didn't blow would. it up and it's just, <laughs> i, I would do that blast. just to spite eric i will find every royal farms and wawa on the way there and be like mm, sorry but you don't know me that well eric um <laughs> I, I know you're now you're actively trying to go against your will you know the cheesy yeah, tots aren't at wawa <laughs> eric if i'm not anything I'm I'm spiteful. Like that is who I am. Of course I would shit in a less convenient location to upset you. No. Um but no, I the only thing that's gonna be upset is your stomach ultimately, okay? Yeah, of course. No, no, but my strategy is when I know I'm gonna be on a trip like this, you pump yourself full of emodium at least two hours before you leave. So then you don't like shit for at least twenty four hours. Oh, that's uh, that's a good plan. All right. Well, you're thinking ahead. I like that. I like that. Um, now, Jeremy has. I know he has screen issues, but the way he has frozen his screen now, it looks like he's been constantly casting a spell on us. <laughs> Jeremy, are you okay and or alive? I think I think we're doing an entire. Um, um... Uh, everybody have fun tonight with uh, uh, Wang Chung. You're doing it's a like Wang Chung video right now. It's Wang Chung video. Um, it's like a, I, a seizure Chung is what's happening. Uh, <laughs> it's a Connie Chung tonight. I'm, getting, um, <laughs> I'm having fun with this. <laughs> so uh, I do have some uh, some pretty cool news. And if uh, our podcast, we might have a few new listeners this week. I'm not sure, but uh, I had the opportunity on Wednesday to go to. Uh, to be part of a recording of uh, Doug Benson's Doug Loves Movies at the DC Improv, which is very exciting for hey. uh, uh, for me and I think for us in general. Uh, I did a, a really very good job, I feel like. I did not win Doug Loves Movies, and the guy who oh. did win was a audience member who had the, the most... If, if there is... He was the rain man of of movies. It was just the the autism level. He was so good that like in the game before we, me and Rob Mayer came up to play along, he uh, was guessing what the lady was trying to guess in her head as his answer that's how that's how good he was at uh this game doug loves movies but if, you never listened to doug oh i'm sorry go ahead ash no i was just gonna say if only it was called doug loves trains oh. yeah does, does, does doug love uh the other 
I didn't <laughs> ask about it, but one of his favorite movies was Mandy. And uh, I we had one of the questions is like, what's an underrated Nicolas Cage movie? And I said, I don't, I would say Mandy, but I feel like a lot of people know it. And I was like, so I'm going to go adaptation. He was like, well, Mandy's mine. So you have to pick adaptation. Aww. And there's only one. I was like, well, thank you, Doug. I love Mandy. Um, so I, I went with uh, adaptation. And uh, I have a lot of good quips on it. So if you're a new listener, uh, tune it in from uh, uh, my appearance there. Welcome to this fucking shit show that we have every week. Enjoy yourselves. Uh, it's uh, We talk about movies as well. Uh, I will say that near... Um, I had I had a couple of good moments there uh, on the show. One was uh, when we were talking about Nicolas Cage. I uh, I had mentioned that um, they were like, yeah, he's in this movie and that movie, and then I was just like, I was like, yeah, and Nicolas Cage doesn't do just any movie, okay? And that was like, <laughs> ah, fucking got a big old pop out of everybody. And now Doug does this thing, and I'll say this because I I only I don't really listen to the show. Okay, I'll be honest. Uh, I listened to it that day so I could get a gauge of what the show is like, so I knew what I was getting into. Right. Um, but I noticed that, and he did this at the show, he gives the winner of the game a gift bag. And the gift bag, the prize bag, is just random shit that he picks up. It's like, you know, I he had a tourism from Baltimore because he was in Magoobies like a week ago. So he had a tourism Baltimore thing at the DC Improv. Just random shit. He's like, I got this from a horse race thing. It's a watch in there. I'm sure it's really high quality. I've never opened it. And he puts it back in. And so it's just random ass crap, right? So I bought stuff because I'd heard guests bring stuff, but because he didn't ask us, I never put this in the gift bag, but this is what I brought that didn't actually make it in there that I should have. I brought my copy of the killer clown meets the candy man that didn't go. I didn't put in the gift bag, but did mention uh, Jeremy Woodworth very prevalently. I said, and <laughs> I, I, I mentioned, I was like, I'm the second most famous Woodworth. My brother, I don't like to brag, dresses up as a murder clown. And in 2019, won best actor at the New Jersey Horror Con. So uh, I'm from a pedigreed family. And then within this, and then Rob Mayer uh, definitely had some good quips about Jeremy right after that. Aww. But then I also included this. So my mother does this thing where... She, every time she sees me, she treats it as if she's dying, even though she's been doing this for like 10 years. So she'll hand me like an envelope of pictures and they're always of me. Okay. It's always, she gives them to family members and sometimes she doesn't realize which kid it is. And she was like, here's your class picture from 2007. And I was like, mom, I never went to Mount Hebron high school. This is clearly your youngest daughter who graduated from that school. They're dumb. And so I have to hand her back pictures. I'm like, this is your, uh, this is your daughter. Uh, pick me. And I was like, she was like, no, this is you. I was like, pick me out in the photo, mom. Where am I? She pointed out. I'll tell you where it is. Cause I'm not. Um, but- Eric, I'm triggered. <laughs> so, um, so I I also included this within the DVD. Okay, that didn't go out. This is, um, and I'll hold it up to the screen so you guys can see. This is my sixth grade mm. picture of young Eric Woodworth with his rock mm. eyebrow because I loved the rock. Um, mm. And on the back it says, "Eric loves you." 
So I wrote Eric loves you <laughs> and uh-huh. uh, signed my name on it. But now this will be a future gift for maybe one of our listeners. So um, we'll figure out what we want to do to give a free copy of the Killer Clown meets the Candyman. I call that I call future. that the Mo Howard uh, haircut. The Mo Howard. Okay, very nice. So, uh, yeah, Doug's Love Movies, great time. Had an awesome one. He did reluctantly said, yeah, I'll have you back. And I mean, looked him in the eye and was like, are you sure, Doug? Are you just saying that right now? Because I'm here. <laughs> but either way, it was a good time. And I, I, I felt honored oh. to be part of it. So That's awesome. Shout out. Um, anything else? Jeremy, what do you got on the docket? How was your first week back at work? Uh, I, I almost threw, threw the, in the towel by Thursday and it was, uh, mowing the lawn was too rough. Mm. And, uh, but I got to set, uh, sit half the day, uh, during the week. But I felt like I was on my, on my tippy toes. Uh, and, uh, I'm ready for a stroke for like another week or so, <laughs> you know? Uh, but, uh, oh, oh, the, uh, the kid, the, the kid, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I threw out I threw out a, a a deep cut with him, and I was like, you know, I remember my girlfriend. Um, yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday because uh, we went to see a Blind Date with uh, Bruce Willis, and then the movie was right before right before start. Okay, start over again. Okay, okay. you saw so Blind Date. The movie was about to start, so we're in a packed house right before the movie right before the trailers and she's like oh by the way um uh i found out that um yeah um a co-worker uh gave me a ride um from from uh work and uh he said uh he'd have to uh blow uh, blow me uh blow him and uh i was i felt really sorry about it. Are, are you are, can you forgive me and i was like what so wait a minute, you're seeing the movie Blind Date now. So this is 1987. Jeremy is in, I assume, high school, right? This is a high school yeah. Jeremy yeah. Woodworth. Yeah. And you sit down, you're about to watch the trailers, and your girlfriend- Right before the movie. Right before the movie starts, and he goes, hey, I got a ride last night and had to blow a guy because I felt bad. Is that cool? Yeah. Is that uh, I, <laughs> and, 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 and I just remember like, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I guess I guess I forgive you. Um. And I and I, I just stewed the entire fucking movie. Like, w- I, did, did just fucking happen to me? And she does right right before the fucking movie, so that we can, there's no discussion. It's like put that knife as deep as you can and let it twist the entire fucking movie. And I'm like, this is this relationship is doomed. It's what? so fucking. Yeah, and we're at least two years into this fucking relationship. Oh my! Uh, yeah, but Jeremy, doesn't that prove that she loved you? She blew a dude to be with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she would. She just couldn't get a ride there. She was just like, she's like, I've been blowing guys this entire time just to meet up with you, and this is the thanks I get. <laughs> no, that Jeremy, obviously, that's uh, obviously the, the, horrible. The kid, the kid was like, oh, I gotta tell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> scenario so everybody was getting the question i was like okay well that i i made my bed and lied in it so oh, sorry, Jeremy. another day Jeremy. I, i'm so over it and you know i blocked her 
Hey, uh, instead, of, instead of Uber, it's more like Luber. Um. <laughs> but <laughs> Frank Luber. Jeremy, you got married. You um, you won. You you found a much better person who won't even blow you. Look, so. it, it took it take twenty years to get over that. <laughs> And now, listen, she's doing that, and hopefully she's fucking suck starting an engine through the uh, tailpipe. Um, so I, I, I heard she got uh, three kids and uh, married a uh, mortician. Oh, okay. Real stiff. <laughs> um, <laughs> it would be funny if she's still up to it. She's like, listen, the hearse ran out of gas, and I had to get here, so I felt bad. <laughs> <laughs> she's still do- she's still doing it just to get places. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do love that. Got it. So, um, I don't know. Uh, that's good, Jeremy. I mean, ultimately, I'm glad that you're happy. You're healthy now, and uh, you know, fuck that bitch. Uh, shout out. Should we say her full name and address or no? Uh, yeah, I got it. No, I'm <laughs> just let's dox her. Uh, <laughs> send Jeff over to her house. Send Jeff and ha- start sending models with pages of instructions of how she needs to take care of them. <laughs> uh, remember, if you're gonna if you're gonna suck my dick, I'm gonna need you to use a feather duster on it. Uh, anyway, uh, so. Let's get into, uh, are we ready to get into tonight's tale? I think that's in order. Uh, today, we are going over one of Jeremy's picks of the week. Here we are. Uh, oh, a movie that's probably most famously known for just inspiring Kurt Cobain's personality. Over the Edge, uh, 1979, uh, directed by the great uh, Jonathan Kaplan, who uh, probably his most famous movie is The Accused. Uh, is he the uh, brother of uh, Gabe Kaplan? Uh, Welcome back, Connor. Yes, I, that's actually what I was about to get to. Uh, I will say, though, that this movie was not without controversy when it was filmed. Uh, they The studio didn't want to release it until two years later uh, in 81, uh, because they were scared it would spark violence amongst the youths of America, similar to that of the movie The Warriors, uh, which I, if you told me this movie and The Warriors were the baddest movies you could see in the 70s, uh, I call you a liar. Um, <laughs> I never watched, have you, Jeremy, did you ever watch, I mean, you grew up in the time where The Warriors in this movie came out. Did you watch it and you're like, I gotta fucking start a gang with the rest of my clown friends right now. Um, maybe this uh, is a bad baseball, question to baseball ask. Baseball uniforms and and clown makeup. Yeah, did you? Is that what the the kids at Howard High were doing the second they saw the Warriors? Every every baseball uh, uh, character will look like Petey from uh, the all the our gang. So. I I like it. Uh, this is also the um, the movie debut of one Matt Dillon, who does look young as fuck in this movie, like almost unsettlingly young. Uh, I well, I had to do a double old. take. Oh, sorry, Jeremy. Fourteen years old. Yeah, that's crazy. And uh, fun fact about this: this movie, uh, Matt Dillon didn't even want to be, be in this movie. He just went to this audition so he could skip school that day. And when he got Aww. it, he was like, "Oh, well, I guess I have to learn how to act today." And uh, <laughs> also, he's a total stalker. Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, apparently, uh, the guy who plays Mark, who's the bully in this, played by mm-hmm. uh, Vince Vincent Spano, he was the guy that was the second pick to play Richie, uh, played by Matt Dillon, and he was 
pretty pissed that he didn't get the role um, that uh, Matt Dillon didn't even want. So uh, he spent a lot of his time teaching uh, Matt Dillon like the basics of acting, like how to hit your marks and how to memorize your lines. Like literally, like the imagine like somebody getting uh, uh, showing up to a BMX race, and this is the first time he's ever seen a bike. This is what. <laughs> Mark had to no, do for I've, him. I've got one comparative to our industry, Eric. It's like someone telling your jokes on stage and then you end up a few months later on a show with them and they're headlining and you're their feature. Oh, yeah, that's that's not great. I'm not a fan of that. Um, but no, but then because, yeah, I guess you did technically help them. <laughs> I did. Oh, I did. That fat fucking piece of shit. I hope you die, Corey. Okay, go ahead. Uh, shout, shout out to Corey, you fucking twat. Um, I'm gonna curb stomp your mom. Okay, go ahead. Hell yeah. And then, <laughs> and then that's how Ashley gets into the gang with uh, the rest of the supremacists. Um, so, <laughs> just Jesus, Eric, AK Kevin, I. <laughs> I learned a lot of things from KK Kevin the other day, and what's it's thing- Kyle. <laughs> Shit, I believe- it's all hail. Kyle. <laughs> so worst thing, worst thing is that with his supremacy, he, he stutters. So that is true. Um, but let's <laughs> let's hop into this uh, movie right away, and why it's so controversial, and why it inspired a movement of grunge in one Kurt Cobain. Uh, it, it starts off with this flashing across the screen. Uh, in 1978, 1,100,000 kids under 18 were arrested for crimes of vandalism in the United States. This story is based on a true incident occurring during the 70s in a planned suburban community of condominiums and townhomes where the city planners ignored the fact that a quarter of the population was 15 years old or younger. Welcome to New Grenada, which is, I love the fact that it's called, it's, it's, it's named after Grenada, which is, uh, Jeremy, you lived during the time about Grenada. Tell us, tell us what it was like hearing the stories about the invasion of Grenada. All these white kids. Okay. In the, in the, in the, oh, that's right. Wasn't wasn't it like Foster City in uh, California? Whereas this whole movie was in uh, 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 Colorado. Whereas, like, we don't have any black kids to do any parts in this movie. Yeah, so it was filmed in Colorado. You know what this really does feel like? It feels like an episode of South Park that they took too seriously. Like when you're watching it, it's like, yeah, we got to go down like that. Nobody shuts down the rec center. Um, <laughs> it's, it's literally that. Although I would love this movie just redone with the characters. Like instead of the, the really dickhead cop in this Doberman, have Officer Bar Brady from South Park going, Oh, hey, kids, what's going on? Hope you ain't got any grass on you. Um, that would be a fun episode. The one thing that really sets out uh, Matt Dillon, his his still strong Bronx accent through the movie, has nothing with the other kids in the movie. So. Yeah. Hey, no, I'm in, in Colorado. Hey, everybody. Hey, I'm... So, I don't know what's his name from from Friends? 
are you trying to talk about Chandler or Ross? Yeah, or? Chandler, a little strong Brog says. Ah, uh, okay, got Jennifer it. Aniston. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer mm. so, Aniston. I mean, Kevin D- Dillon. Yes, Kevin Meany um, from there. So, Kevin Spacey. We're just going to name, welcome to Kevin cast, where we just name Kevins that we know, like racist Kevin. Um, uh, Kevin can wait. <laughs> it's Kyle. <laughs> nope. Not anymore. Shout out Kevin, Kevin strangle, strangle um, chef. So. Ke- Kevin strangle Kenny? chef. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Kevin strangle chef. That's shout outs. Uh, Kenneth. <laughs> <laughs> Kyleth. <laughs> so, so uh, it starts off with uh, the 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 town bully Mark. Uh, he shoots out a cop's windshield with a BB gun, and uh, of course, they he goes and runs off. I, I like it. He also wears a, uh, a a raccoon skin hat because that's a cool thing to do, I guess. Um, and he he. Uh, the fuzz comes rolling up and they end up popping Carl and uh sweet Richie played by Matt Dillon. Now, uh, the, the movie follows, uh, Carl mostly and Richie throughout this movie. Um, so they get popped by the fuzz and, uh, they, uh, they say, Hey man, why don't you go ahead and rat out your friends so we can know who did this. And, uh, we get this line right here. You know, you could really use a break. Why don't you give me a name? You guys got a lot of laws, right? Well, let me tell you something. I only got one law. A kid who tells on another kid is a dead kid. What's well, a good rule, kid? I uh, see. Look, the cops already get it. Snitches get stitches, even if you're Matt Dillon. Now, I like that Matt Dillon. Jeremy, did you rock a, a cutoff T-shirt that showed off your man abs back in the day? Was that a was that a hot thing to wear? Uh, I think I was still in my like 250s by then. Oh, so. Okay, fair enough. Um, so they call they call uh their parents and Carl's dad. I, I want it noted because Carl's dad shows up throughout the movie. Carl is from a nice suburban family, two parent home, while Richie has just his mom, who seems like she's kind of cool and she smokes weed. And um, you get to see uh his dad, who looks very similar to one George W. Bush. Um, is it just me who saw that, or uh, looks very GW? Um, wait. <laughs> Wait, repeat that. <laughs> I find that Ke- that that Carl's dad, the guy who works at the car dealership, the guy uh-huh. with the curly hair, looks like George W. Bush. Oh yeah, I could totally see that. Sorry, I heard what you were saying, but then I heard Bush, and I thought you were describing someone's pubes, and I was like, well, I don't remember seeing pubes in this movie. Go backwards. Uh, I actually love that scene in the um the the car dealership when he gets ready to leave to deal with his son and he's like oh you know my fucking wife like she doesn't know how to pay parking tickets yeah um, <laughs> he blames on his wife immediately and, yeah and i was like oh man i do the same thing with credit card bills <laughs> i like too when he goes home he immediately tells his wife he's like i was so embarrassed i had to tell tell them that you were just an idiot <laughs> How dare I almost made my son look bad at the car dealership? <laughs> That's what a good wife does. You are the family scapegoat. What you gonna do? So uh, I just I just want that uh, somebody something happens to this uh, sweet uh, classic car at the beginning of the film. So, uh, but uh, Carl's dad ultimately thinks that Richie is a bad influence on him. Look, 
No one's blaming you. But you got to understand that Richie White is nothing but trouble, period. I heard he had to leave the last town he lived in. Yeah, and living here is his punishment. Carl, I'm sick and tired of you complaining about New Granada. <laughs> don't, don't you shit on this beautiful planned town where you got one rec center and nothing else to do. What the fuck is your problem, kid? Also, your in, in, influence of your friend, Mr. White. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Richie lives in like the uh, what what looks like the housing projects there. It's like they somehow built a slum of New York just on the outskirts of town, uh, (laughs) which is very funny to me. Um, But the next day, the kids one piece, one piece of trash in the the core drive. It's the ghetto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oh, look, they have they have they only have one kid. He was just like he's like, you know. When I was growing up, my mom only had one car. These are the things I had to grow up with. These are things I saw, okay? <laughs> In my town, we only have a self-service car wash, so it's almost like a squeegee kid. You know, when, ah. you know, when I was growing up, I went to the McDonald's, and they didn't even have a McFlurry machine. This is what it was like for me. This is what it was like. People, I saw these things every day, and I'm supposed to just go on with life like this. Um, in Columbia, in the Columbia, I was the only kid that had to uh, have clothes from Bradley's. <laughs> My mom couldn't go to Kmart. We had to shop at Caldor. Do you know what that ah! is? We made our we made our clothes at Heckinger's. We only had <laughs> GoBots there. They didn't have Transformers. <laughs> I had every go bot. My friends called me gay. <laughs> so, um, I so this is my favorite character. We get to meet the next day at school, and that's Claude. Who Claude is just the he's a total. I think most of us have this friend growing up. He's the guy that does drugs at school. Um, I love Claude. He goes real hard throughout the whole movie. He also weighs like 60 pounds and does look like a young Kurt Cobain uh, to a certain Mm -hmm. extent. Um, Like imagine Kevin McAllister, but like if they shrunk now Macaulay Culkin down, like where he looks all drug addled. That's what this character looks like. I call him I call him the uh, stoner version of Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, Ooh. I can see that. Okay, this um, is a good one, yeah. This is a good debate. I have I have written down <laughs> Jodie Foster had she not been molested. <laughs> Probably uh, Mark David Chapman's favorite. Uh, oh no, uh, John Hinckley's favorite film. Oh my god. <laughs> So uh, you get to hear uh, they have a big test that day, and here's Claude. Hey, man, you ready for this test? Hey, I'm better than ready, man. I just did some speed at breakfast. I just did some speed at breakfast, you know, to get ready for this test. And then seconds later, when the test starts, you hear Claude say this. That stuff I took. It was supposed to be speed. But I think it was acid. I'm flashing. I'm flashing, man. Really? And I do love that on the screen, they're like, 
write an essay about this and it's the weirdest piece of medieval art of like a guy's asshole with hell inside of it and I'm looking back like what's up <laughs> which is it's the, the worst it's the cover <laughs> Eric it's the cover album art for bussy yes it's bussy art um, yeah. so uh, that's uh, that's how uh, sweet Claude's day is going uh, but they they do have an assembly due to the uh, police incident from the other day uh, they're sanctions they they put on heavy sanctions that there's no more smoking on school grounds as ch- children anymore because before that before <laughs> they shot at the police they was fine to smoke on school grounds uh and there's a new curfew and as course as most schools do there's a public service announcement vandalism is one of our country's biggest problems today estimates for destruction to school facilities alone is over 100 million dollars per year And counting all acts of vandalism to public and private property, some experts push the figure to over $1 billion every year. A vandal is defined as one who willfully, wantonly, and ignorantly damages and destroys valuable or beautiful things. The comedian. Oh, no, so destructive. I also like that Claude's watching like these kids burn stuff. He's like, oh, it's so destructive and cool. I love this. <laughs> so you could call all of my ex-boyfriends vandals. Yeah. So I... A big, I, a big, a big shout out to uh, the, the reflecting skin. Look at this cool shell. Yeah. Let's destroy it. Kill it. I want it dead. Uh, so yeah, but all the kids have the opposite re- reaction as they go, woo! yeah break shit fuck yeah it literally looks like like their reaction to it is like them watching like a little john in the east side boys video okay. it's like they're like fuck yeah let's fuck anyway so um, <laughs> can i bring you to one, one of my biggest concerts for stuka yes please tell us tell us Tell us now, for our new listeners, Jeremy used to have a band in the 90s with the great Justin Jones and our late cousin, Jared Barlow, uh, called Stuka. Uh, they were a metal band, and this is your biggest concert. Yes. Uh, when, when we had our little stage and everything, I was like, well, I'm going to take this, and mo- Mom won't care because it's destroyed anyway. When when During the concert... <laughs> I took the uh, the vacuum cleaner and destroyed it on stage like it's a like a freaking. I'm not gonna wreck a guitar. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I- Guitars are expensive, but this fucking piece of shit that has been used at our hoarding household. Yeah, take that thing. Right, I get it. <laughs> you you got to give something to the to the kids, so they just they got uh, pieces of the uh, the uh, the vacuum cleaner, and I was like, yeah, I'm tired of cleaning. I'm gonna destroy a vacuum cleaner because I'm. Uh, versus just like being a slob yeah yeah my later self which is now um (laughs) the funny thing is the kids were like destroying pieces of the 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 vacuum cleaner and then one of the kids thought it'd be funny to throw it up the pieces of the of the 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 motor yeah and it went right into one of the, the um uh the windshields and somebody had to fix it. Fuck yeah. All right, nice. Oh, Practically over the edge. <clears throat> All right, good. So Stuka That's... really holding it down at the Owen Brown Interfaith Center. I like um, it. Jeremy, <laughs> did you break so... Go ahead. Oh sorry, I was just gonna say, did you break the vacuum because you live in a Hooverville? <laughs> 
Yeah, man, you're you're slicing and dicing them with them uh, puns. Yeah, like Miles Dyson. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, so uh, later that night, it's uh, the late night hang. Uh, they they're hanging out in front of the local rec center. Lots of drugs, chugging vodka, refraining from doing LSD because I don't want to do any more of that. Um, yeah, go ahead. Ash. Don't be mad at me. This isn't relevant. But um, if yes. Eric Clapton broke a vacuum cleaner on stage, it would be a Dyson. <laughs> by the way, uh, by the way, Eric Eric Clapton never lost a kilo of uh, coke out of a window. Yeah, so. never did that. Never. No. Ne- that would have blew his mind. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, they're uh, chugging vodka, but they find out about a house party, and you know this is a good house party because when they walk in, they're listening to Van Halen. The second hey, yeah. they get, yeah. all right. So uh, no. I like. So then they see the local uh, bully. Uh, Carl sees the bully, uh, Mark, and he's like, "Hey, man, I just want to say thanks for not ratting on me." And then he grabs me. He's like, "Cause if you did, I'd fucking kill you, you bitch." <laughs> and I was just like, "I, he, what a dick." I was like, "I first of all, I already covered for you, and now you threaten me on top of that. Like, what a cocksucker." So, uh, yeah, he's just a real Mark. But uh, he does see his girlfriend there and uh, makes a pass at his girlfriend and goes you could do better and you could um and uh, unfortunately the better he means is him which isn't that much better um so it's like george costanza yeah yeah <laughs> i've done that with a lot of comedians wives so uh <laughs> so the cops busted up just as carl's le- leaving and then mark and another the other bully kid they beat the shit out of him like visibly fucking kick his ass so he comes home with a black eye and bruising around his jaw like he had like he was uh you know jeremy's girlfriend in high school and um this is <laughs> can we mention the girlfriend that looked like she was 14 yeah oh yeah the girlfriend early on who's who talks uh, the or the his girlfriend that he says you could do better for do you see like just barely uh like developing or maybe she was just really skinny i mean they were all very young it seemed like in this movie i mean this is almost like pedophile um age yeah i mean yeah if under that age is it considered horrible if you're an adult if there are other children i mean i feel like it's it's okay or, or, or that guy on uh <laughs> that guy on jeopardy the age of consent 14 or 12 <laughs> here comes yeah. the cops yeah <laughs> i do remember that guy that the guy who, is, who answers the age of consent to the question uh 14 and 12 or something like that and then he's like uh no wrong answer and also you oh. <laughs> Oh, this. Uh, hey, well, but if you but if you land on double jeopardy, <laughs> if you land on double jeopardy, if you, if you, you can't be charged with it twice. <laughs> so, uh, they uh, after that gets shut down, the cops come to shut down the rec center because Officer Doberman is a real cocksucker, and uh, he yeah, he walks in the rec center and uh, it's time to shut this shit down. Listen, I told him, and I'm telling you now, okay? The rec stays open. It's the only place these kids have to go, and that's a little more important. Heard there was a little hash being sold here last night. 
No chance any of that sort of thing would happen here, is there? No chance. You are violating a city ordinance coming in here. Whose permission do I need? Ours, faggot. You don't belong here. <laughs> Good comeback right there. And you know what? There's nothing that says we're bad kids than listening to the cars. Um, and also, I, I love that uh, Carl, who is being made out to be some hooligan on the rise, every scene of this movie, he's wearing a Boston belt buckle because nothing says I'm a hooligan and a kid of the streets. And I also just love the hit tunes of Boston. Uh, I can't. <laughs> get enough of arena rock that's what that's what this is about i don't know my dad loved boston and my dad committed many misdemeanors during 1979 so this <laughs> makes a lot of sense i'm thinking he could have had a boston belt buckle but i think it would have been more badass if it was a fog hat belt buckle. yeah look oh man my dad loves fog hat too good call <laughs> I, i'm from the streets don't you see this belt buckle it says carry on my wayward son uh, i'm a big kansas fan <laughs> there were a lot of drives to school with either boston or all of a sudden you just hear jethro toll and my dad's like we have an hour and a half to go. I have a lot to tell you about life. And I'm like, please don't do this. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, can we, can we go back to the, uh, the old guy, uh, otherwise known as, uh, Officer, uh, Crumpke? Who's the officer? Yeah, if you could talk into a microphone, that would be helpful instead of like you're in the other room. Who, who is the, who is the cop? Uh, was, officer was, Doberman, played by Harry, Harry Northrup. Harry Northrup, Sodger Doberman, is of course he's a, he had a really good little bit part in uh, Taxi Driver. He's one of the, the the buddies where he's like, "Hey, I got this tile from from fucking actor. He wants to sell to a to a Robert De Niro. <laughs> it's dirty too, where where the tub line was. So you know, it's a good, it's a good. Yeah, uh, Officer Doberman is the classic local uh, police officer that likes to bust kids constantly. He's just like, mm-hmm. what are you kids doing with your hopscotch in here, huh? You smoking <laughs> a little grass dubers, huh? You setting off some poppers, kids, huh? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> What's in that bottle there? Give me some of that bottle he drinks the piss from. Yeah. from- <laughs> oh, my God. That's such a good so uh, he ends up arresting the druggy kid Claude uh, at the rec center, and uh, a commotion happens. He's supposed to do all this because the investors are coming from Texas to possibly buy new land and grow the town. And of course, he botches this and shuts down the rec center and causes a small riot as they're all jumping on his car and everything, and uh, ruins the investors' thing anyway. It, uh, if they just left it alone, it would have been fine. Uh, Is this the original Goonies? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> So uh, Carl and Richie then uh, hang out with some chicks from the party. One is uh, Mark's girlfriend and the other is her friend. And uh, they have a gun just carrying it around in a uh, plastic bag, as you do in the 70s. You know, you could just carry around guns constantly. Uh, and uh, they think they could sell it for 150 bucks. And uh, I, I love the gun safety that happens here where she's just like, ooh, let me play with the gun and point it at you real quick. Uh, Jeremy's now showing a picture of one of the actresses here, uh, the other the other lady who stole the gun. And uh, she almost shoots Carl because it was loaded, and it, he falls over like he's dead, but he's just like, whew, that was close. Yikes. <laughs> so I, lo- I love how she's literally playing with the gun, almost sh- shooting him. Just like, hey, 
have a good yeah. we're doing some cheap trick man all right it's yeah. so hard to find it funny because like the statistic of like the number of children that die that way every year is astronomical Usually well maybe we don't like age five yeah so. but we don't know what if, what if every kid is doing it and these are just the ones that died i mean are we keeping statistics on the ones that didn't shoot themselves i think not uh you know what <laughs> eric's probably right he grew up in a household that loved to wave around guns. yeah we I, I played with guns when i was a kid it was great and look me and jeremy only got shot a couple of times um <laughs> So, uh, metal detectors are that leave a, 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 you know, there's still a bullet in your body. I, I I think that here's a here's a story that we've never told before about uh, Woodworths and guns in the house. Oh Um, no! When my dad was a child, uh, one thing probably four years old. Yeah, probably like four or five years old. He um, didn't have guns, but he found my grandfather's uh, shells. He found ammunition, and what he would do is he thought it was fun to set them off by hitting them with a hammer like this. Just oh right. my god! And okay, so my dad did this, and I was you're not supposed to do it, but you just do it in the garage and was shut, was setting off bullets with a hammer, and one ricocheted and went into his arm, and he was so scared to tell his folks that he just let his arm get infected for weeks on end until they finally showed it like. The fuck are you doing? And they had to take him to the hospital. Oh, <laughs> the, the full uh, story is that it was like a blacktop during through, through the half. But if you put the bullet into the blacktop, the uh, the actual bullet part would go into the blacktop. Yeah. And and the um, the casing would fly up, and the hammer with with the nail. That, yeah. <laughs> he told me that. Well, he he might have been lying that the hammer swung back and and the claw went into his into his arm. Yeah, digging in. <laughs> so there, there is a chance that, that the bullet could have the shell could have actually gone into his uh, his flesh. That's what so, I was told that. Je- I was told that the bullet ricocheted back into his arm and then he covered it up for days until it started to get infected and his parents found out about it. This this speaks to my spirit because. I now understand that getting sick and hiding your infection is the way of the woodwork. <laughs> yes. So, um, so uh, they. I was uh, crazy just because he had syphilis. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Carl then goes home after almost getting shot and uh, takes some fireworks and sets them off in the investor's uh, car anyway. Um, and so it, this has all been for naught. They're obviously pissed, and uh, you. Have you both of you guys seen the wildlife with uh, Chris Penn? No, never have. One of the kids from uh, Weird Science. Nope. Yeah, it, still now. It's another. It's another big send up because he tries to uh, f the uh, f up the uh, the cop got the cop in the wildlife and he it, it destroys the cop car with fireworks. Also. Oh, okay. Have you ever seen it? It's it's a worth. You know what's her name? Leah Thompson and um, oh, okay. uh, Eric. Very cool. And he turns into a fly. <laughs> so uh, his, uh, it, it, uh, I have this piece of audio after the fireworks fiasco. Jay, tell you something, Mr. Cole. You got a lot more than juvenile trouble. Seems to me like you all were in such a hopped-up hurry to get out of the city that you turn your kids into exactly what you're trying to get away from. 
Let's go. Here, have this contingent of squeegees. I hope your kids do all right. Um, this is, <laughs> so, uh, uh, and I believe that's uh, uh, one of the, uh, I forget that character actor's name, but he's in a bunch of movies. I'm trying to find him. Yeah, Lane Smith, uh, who's playing Sloan in here. Uh, Lane Smith just has that very small part, but you, uh, you might know him from uh, my cousin Vinny. Uh, as he's the, uh, he's the, uh, judge in my cousin Vinny, uh, Red Dawn as also the father in, uh, the movie son-in-law. So, uh, shout outs to, uh, the great character actor, Lane Smith in, uh, one of his, uh, uh, early roles. First one I can remember him from. So wait, uh, judge in my cousin Vinny. Uh, no, no, you're right. It's not the judge. He's the, is is he the other lawyer? Is he the, that uh, would make sense. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There we go. I knew I knew it was in there somewhere. Mm. So uh, they uh, they go to shake down. Uh, next, they go to shake down Tip because Tip is the local drug dealer who's who's selling. They hear him on the phone. He's literally selling keys. He's selling he, keys and moving weight. As he a looks like a ten year old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looks like a child. He's a child, yeah. and he does better drug deals than the people I buy my weed from. Yeah, and he's going. He's saying like stuff. He's, and he's just like, listen, I don't make the market. The market makes the market. Like he understands the dynamics of the drug trade better than like uh fucking uh johnny depp from blow right yeah. it's it's fucking amazing um so it, it's like the weed was 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 really dry and everybody was smoking out of their uh their uh their you know that that scene from uh reservoir dogs sorry oh i still am not sure what jeremy was getting at but i'm gonna continue on um so uh they uh they they beat the shit out of uh of Tip because they find out that he was the one that tipped off Doberman. Uh so he's working with the feds and uh you know he pulls out the line and he's like kid who talks is a dead kid and then they point the gun at him and then set off firework and of course Tip's mom sees this and uh she's not happy with them. Uh sure. they they end up fleeing um and then uh the next day Carl overhears Tip's mom talking to the cops so he and Richie have to make a escape from school where they go steal his mom's sweet Ford Bronco which is a really I mean it's a beautiful fucking uh top down um convertible Bronco as a soft top I really love it I mean it's the kind of car you'd murder your wife and try to get away in and as I'm looking at it they go on a high speed chase against the cops which ends up in the stupidest way so like he's doing the right things at least in terms of a chase right I get that he's Mm -hmm. a kid um but Richie takes it off road this is a thing you should do with a Bronco versus a cruiser car but he ends up flipping the Bronco like a fucking tard and then uh as they get out of the vehicle he pulls a gun on uh the cop Doberman and Doberman ends up fucking shooting him um and uh yeah that doesn't turn out very good for Richie uh uh, now he knew it was wasn't loaded he was just having fun like yeah wait you know cops love when you point a, a gun that's not loaded at them that's actually one of their favorite things uh because they get to um murder you uh instantly <laughs> and uh yeah it's why i'm not scared of guys who have been snipped <laughs> <laughs> so uh he uh now like, that- what's her name lorena bobbitt yes yes so now carl's on the run matt Dillon is dead and uh he's now retreated back to the abandoned house where the girl pointed the gun at him earlier and uh she comes back uh and i i believe it's uh he he gets laid that night and uh um, 
Wait, doesn't uh, Matt Dillon in, in the scene where he's like, we'll do it for Johnny. Do it for Johnny. Uh, you stay golden <laughs> pony boy. And then um, that's that's the outsiders right there. Shout outs. Um, a hey, much better movie than this. So look, the <laughs> <laughs> so, something about Mary. So I, I want to mention though this scene in particular because you get to see, I, listen, it's not my place to talk about a child's physique because this is a child physique, but <laughs> this kid's, this kid has the weirdest nipples I've ever seen on anyone. <laughs> okay. it, it, it's like they're the shape of nipples, but there is no coloration at all. He has like, it, it's like, it's just flesh colored bump. And it's the weirdest fucking most uncomfortable I've ever felt looking at a nipple in my life. Um, <laughs> like like the 50 year old guy, but there's like really milky nipples, like a, like a, a woman been like um, breastfeeding for like a month. Yeah. We've been having a lot of boob-centric issues lately. It's like, I don't like veins. I don't like colorless nipples. I'm just, there's just been a list compiling of, like, everything wrong with someone's boobs. Well, this uh, this is for the fellas. And uh, Carl, who's played by Michael Eric Kramer, um, I hope you got, did some, get them tattooed a different color, please. So they, they look more pronounced. Uh, I'm begging you. I hope you weren't, aren't walking around as like a 50, 60 year old man right now with no nips. Um, it's frightening. I hope you fixed yourself. So, um, Carl, uh, does get laid. Um, he then, um, he then meets up with Mark who Mark, the bully is just doing dirt bike out in the woods and he shoots him with a bb gun and it's probably like we play uh uh D &D, um laugh finder uh ashley and i and this would be a nat 20 roll for a bb gun attack because he yes. shoots him and rolls perfect and fucking hits yeah. him with a bb gun and the bb is so devastating it flips his bike over and he he eats it and then instead of getting up and whooping his ass because he's got it he's got the bb gun trained on him again he's right. like you want a little bit more of this action he goes i'll shoot your fucking eye out pal and he goes all right respect i think we're even now when i beat you from it with an inch of your life and shit the and, other day <laughs> well yeah can we talk about the fact that like i don't understand this scene because even though it's just a bb gun he clearly could hurt you so the fact that he would just stomp up to him unarmed and think that that was gonna go well i'm like this is the dumbest scene in this movie i don't understand i'm letting you know right now if somebody shot me with a bb gun and then was pointing it at me again i'm like you got one more shot and then i'm gonna fucking rip your arms off in a second oh. so get it get it in while it's hot yeah but I'm, eric you're not built like what <laughs> you're right this is true old. i am built with anger and hate <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, BB guns are at least a hundred feet per second. Um, I will say, um, my friend Hoffnar growing up, um, was, this isn't a good story for him, but, uh, he, uh, one time one of his roommates that he was living with was passed out drunk and he took a BB gun and shot him in the leg with it. And he had pumped it up so much that the BB went like eight or nine inches up his calf like this so he I was just like what the fuck did you do and it's just like i really didn't think it was gonna go that far and i'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> so he had to go to the he had to go to patient first and like had to get it surgically cut out of his leg meat because it got so far in there um that don't is, do that that's my it, favorite it, phrase from men i didn't think it was gonna go that far <laughs> so uh carl squashes the beef with mark and not only that mark is like 
I follow you wherever we go now. You're my best friend. <laughs> he, they go from bully to like, I respect you so much. I'll do whatever the fuck you want to do because I, re- I'm sad that your friend is dead. So uh, it's like me and Mike Quinlan. <laughs> yeah. By the way, three three pumps from a BB gun will kill a rat every time. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, BB gun, three pumps. We get it. That's code for Jeremy's I, new fleshlight. Um, <laughs> I, I'd use a twenty-two, but there'd be holes all over the fucking floor. Uh, Wait, more holes? <laughs> Jesus Christ. So uh, I, I do like this. So now they're having an assembly to talk about the death of this child and uh, the crisis of uh, kids. Uh, obviously, uh, Carl's parents are distraught. They don't know where their son is. Uh, they are bringing in everybody, including including Officer Dickhead, so he can give this quote-unquote apology. I deeply regret what happened yesterday. No one wants to shoot a kid. This is the last thing that any police officer wants to happen to him in the line of duty. I did not come here to apologize. I am sorry. Sorry that he was carrying a handgun. Sorry that he was on drugs. As this is all happening, the kids start locking down the school and locking the parents inside. A kid in the classroom on drugs, that classroom does not exist for him. He's closed down the places where they've been selling these drugs. And we took an important step in that direction yesterday when we closed down the teen center. Sergeant, is it true that Richie White's gun wasn't loaded? Well, when somebody Just points a gun at you, see... Was the gun loaded or wasn't it? Well, how the hell was I supposed to know? I don't even think he knew. That kid was violent, wild. You never knew what he was going to do oh, next. All he on. did was hang around that rec center. Yeah, the damn rec center where all this shit is happening. Uh, uh, so uh, things are getting I, heated can in I, there. Can I give a shout out to his, his mom? Was uh, one of the the uh, suitor uh, girls from uh, Harold and Maude, and was also in uh, Wicked w- something Wicked This Way Comes with, oh. uh, and also uh, Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger. She's like eighty one now. Oh, so, very nice. Uh, Ellen Gear, not Ellen Greer. Ah, uh, I have to disagree though with the cop in this movie because. <laughs> Who doesn't want to shoot a child? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, from this cop all the way up to Carl Weathers and Die Hard Part One, cops love shooting kids. It's like their yeah. second job. Um, <laughs> this is serve, protect, and gun down children. That's what they're there to do. I mean, why else have them? Um, <laughs> Only blue lives matter. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, um, meanwhile. Uh, the kids are locking down the assembly hall, and uh, things between teachers and parents start to get a little heated. Hey, now, Fred, I, I, I know you've been upset lately. I, That's I, right. I'm goddamn upset. This My is son ran away, and I don't know where he is tonight. I'm upset. Your son and some of his friends are part of this. Goddamn it, Jerry. My son and his friends are part of this goddamn town. And you people talk about these kids like they're a bunch of animals running in the street. Have you ever sat down and talked to your kids? Has anyone ever sat down and talked to these kids? I've talked to them six hours a day until I'm blue in the face. I spend more time with your kids than you people do. You think those kids are interested in learning? You ought to come in and see what goes on in a classroom. But no, when we have open school week, nobody comes. And that includes you, Mr. Willett. Got his ass. Got Why his is ass. everybody pointing their fingers at these kids? What are they all rotten and we're so good around I here? What is it? Jerry What's going on? We don't care. The problem what... is, my dear, is that Jerry does not care. Inappropriate. So, truly, I know I say this is a bit. I see both sides. 
<laughs> I beat my kid better than any of these kids. I got to say, I don't see what the problem is. I think it's a good thing that none of the parents are coming. <laughs> I finally go to school and I get locked up in this gymnasium. What yeah. the hell's going on in here? So, just, hey! just as that's a... Uh, uh, reaching a uh, a fever pitch uh uh the o- officer officer doberman notices one of the kids outside flipping him the bird and he goes over and he runs over he's like this motherfucker how dare a kid flip me off and then he goes and realizes the fucking door is locked he's like wait a second and like the next like th- two minutes is him running to every door he's like god damn it this one's locked too oh god <laughs> and he's like blown away each time like like he just uh it, it's as if like the uh like it's almost like he's the the honeycomb monster, like trying to find like the honeycomb. He's like, I need it. I need the, the doors. I need to get out of here. Uh, and I have also, to say, oh, sorry, go ahead. He's also ahead. pissed because he locked all of his guns. He's like, you can't bring a gun into school. I could never do that. So I'll put it in the trunk here. I don't even have my gun to shoot my way out of this. Fuck, there's an army of kids I can't shoot out there. What the fuck? <laughs> Um, I just have to say that this movie definitely made me want children. Yeah. So uh, while the kids are all, my name is Officer Incompetence. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and they they all look out. The parents look out, and in the parking lot, there's an army of children that are now just fucking shit up, just going full once again. Little John and the East Side Boys just like just everybody. Everybody's car is getting blown up. Um, by the way, the, the, the explosions that happened in this scene where a child will shoot a gun into the trunk of a car and it, it's like it, they, everybody's cars were just filled with the backs of gasoline. They were like, I got to stock up. You know, there was a shortage. So I fill my trunk with gas constantly. So, uh, yeah, absolute mayhem out there. Uh, but luckily the, the rec center lady, uh, does get one of the kids' attention. It's the mute kid that they call. I, I did. We didn't talk much about the mute kid who just wears glasses all the time. And for some reason, they call him constantly and ask him in Morse code to talk to them. Like, give me one tap for yes, two taps for no. Uh, she's able to tell the kid to hand her the phone, so she's able to easily call the police back uh, to let him out. Has a horn like Harpo from uh, the uh, the Getz brothers. Um, no, hey, my the the quintessential moment is when the kids realize that he is the kingpin with the fires burning in his mm-hmm. face at that look like <laughs> it's <Yeah>. Nuremberg everybody <laughs> but also there's also there's uh um cheerleaders with uh anarchy um uh, cheerleaders on dancing so yeah so it's, it smells like teen spirit i got gotcha. you I, yeah. I see where you're going <laughs> So, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the kids, and I, I like it. Even the kids get a hold of like the, uh, the announcements and they're like, get your piano lessons. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, the voice drove me nuts. Enough. We don't need podcasts. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, the rec center lady gets them free. The cops show up. Uh, the police arrive. And uh, as soon as Doberman gets out, he runs to his car. He's like, I'm going to fucking kill every kid that I see. And <laughs> he he immediately picks up Carl and gets him in the car. He's like, listen, I'm going to send you upstate. Shit's going to be fine. 
And then it's going to be on you. You got it? If you you got it? You're, if you mess this up, it's going to be that. But uh, uh, Mark, the bully, shoots the cop car with the shotgun. It goes into the rec center where the Doberman is now passed out and bloody at the front. And uh, 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 he's able to, uh, uh, Carl is able to grab the key off of him, undo his handcuffs, and then leave just as the car and rec center completely explode. Um, we add one more f- final scene is when, the looting, the the uh, the stoner kid with the blonde finds all these headphones from the media center <laughs> all over himself with these headphones. Like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. He goes in and steals all of the media center headphones. He's like, I'm gonna listen to all of these at once. It's gonna be the most powerful set of headphones. I've always wanted my friend Carl to listen to things through his weird nipples. Um, so. Uh, uh, the movie then ends with basically most of the uh, conspiring children in a bus uh, getting shipped off to Juvenile Hall uh, for a bit uh, while this song is playing in the background and the remaining kids on the bridge just waving, hey, hey hope you ha- hope you don't get sexually assaulted in Juvenile Hall. All right, okay, bye. And uh, that brings us to an end of Over the Edge 1979. Ashley, we'll start with you. Your final thoughts on Over the Edge. Oh, um, so the explosion of the rec center is an allegory or euphemism, whatever word you want to use, for the end of innocence mm, for these children. Yeah. I do. It was an okay move. Yeah, it was fine. I mean, it was great. I could see how Kurt Cobain probably put way too much into this movie. Mm. Um, and uh, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. It's a fine watch. You can watch it for free on YouTube currently. Jeremy, your final thoughts on Over the Edge? Uh, you know, it's um, taken years to end 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 uh, end America. So, <laughs> you know. I mean, it, we made it through the '60s and. I, I I didn't actually. I was I was born in the seventies, so I don't know what I'm talking about. So. All right. Uh, I personally thought this is a fun watch. I my only thing this could have been twenty minutes shorter of a movie because there's so much of the movie of them just walking with long distance shots, like they're yeah. uh, like they're throwing a ring into fucking Mount Doom later. Uh, that's my only my only negative of this movie is the, some of the pacing on it. Um, could have used a little bit more move the story around it's an hour movie that is 90 minutes long so uh that's my only downfall otherwise check it out free on youtube currently over the edge check it out people are teenagers talking about uh weed or ben affleck whacking somebody hell yeah (laughs) hell yeah jeremy says that this movie is better than dazed and confused which i couldn't i couldn't disagree with more but um you know dazed and confused also is like meh you know it's fine it was fun to watch when i was a kid just because it has Batman doesn't make it a better movie. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Ashley, where can people find you at? Oh, you can always find me online at Ashley Pontius Laughs or my horror page slash Gash DMV. Uh, if you're in Ralston, Nebraska, you can catch me on Thursday, the 25th. And if I'm back in time, I will be in D.C. on Saturday, the 27th. Hell yeah. So check all that shit out. Uh, all things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com, which is updated with all my current dates for June. Um, biggest show I got coming up is end of the month, um, uh, the murder mystery, uh, but also the second Saturday shit show with Bussy, where we're going to actually film some stuff and have a good time. Jeremy, take us out of here. Bye.
lights out. It's bus rioting. It's Courtney Love. <laughs>